0: Hello everyone, this is Molly Douthat and David Douthat. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul.
1: Today we're stepping away from the usual format. Since we've covered Pentecost three times already, we thought it would be enlightening to talk about why we've selected this topic and how it has affected our worship experiences. So come along and find out some more about the roots of more than hearing, about the intelligences, and about how we think they work in the scriptures.
0: Everyone. Welcome back to More Than Hearing, if you are a long-time listener. If you are a first-time listener, today's show is going to be a little different from what we usually do. It uh, will be
1: if you're a long-time listener, too.
0: Well, maybe. that as well, yes. Uh, <laughs> but if this is the first time you're ever here and you hear this and you think, hey, that's interesting, don't get don't get connected to it because <laughs> <laughs> it'll be well, different next well, week. We different, hope. yeah. It's yeah. still
1: interesting, hopefully. But...
0: <laughs> oh. I see. I sort of self-owned there a little bit, and I? Sorry about that. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, we've done Pentecost for three years. Uh, We've done it three times already. Uh, Three years ago when we started this podcast, we did Pentecost, then we did it the next year, and then we did it last year. So as we were looking at the Scripture passages and going back over our old work, we thought, man, why reinvent the wheel? So this year, what we're going to do is just kind of back up a little bit and talk about why we do this, why we do this podcast, uh, the the reasons why we do it, how Jesus may have possibly used the intelligences in his ministry, or if we're looking in the Old Testament, how God or the, the prophets might have used these intelligences. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how we have used them and how it has affected our own preaching and worship experiences. So um, we're going to have a lot of links over at the show, uh, over at the website, morethanhearing.org. Many, many links to uh, worksheets from the past three years for Pentecost, years A, B, and C, number one, and some links to the John 14 passage, because we thought we would look at that a little bit specifically, um, and then chose to do this instead. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, let's talk about why we do this, David.
1: Well, at the basic level, it's because you and I wanted to do a project together, mm-hmm. and uh, we we tried a couple of things that didn't really work. And um,
0: when you say project, what do you mean?
1: I... We we were looking for some for a creative project. Okay. And what
0: did we try that didn't work?
1: We we tried to. A theological, political.
0: Oh right, podcast. yeah, that was going to get really thick, really fast. Yeah.
1: yeah, so that that original project would have been called Across the Divide or right. something, right? And we were going to take opposite sides of different issues to try to explore <laughs> them. The problem is that we agree on everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't really and, uh, working. Right, it's like it, I have yeah. to argue what? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yes, I remember that. Um so so that didn't work. So nope. eventually we we came back around to the idea uh, that had uh that we had served with a friend of ours when we lived in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh Julia had been to a workshop or something on y- using multiple intelligences in preaching uh, with Tom Trigger. Mhm. And uh uh, she invited us to start a coffee group where we would talk about the passages and see how we could plug in the multiple intelligence right, stuff. Right.
0: I think, it, yeah, that was, and that was interesting the first couple of times, but since you and I weren't really familiar with multiple intelligences, it sort of frittered out.
1: Well, that, and um, it, it became as much a a uh, weekly support group thing. <laughs> um, and, and we ended up not doing much with the intelligences, right. but, um, but the idea was always there. And, and so somewhere in there, uh, one of us
0: I think it was you,
1: came up with, Hey, do you remember when we did that? What if we did that? And that's how we came to do more than hearing. Right. Uh, so the idea is to try to engage people at multiple levels mm-hmm. in, in the preaching of the word.
0: Right, right. Because traditionally, preaching is very much um, one person doing all the work. Uh, it's sort of a um, lecture sometimes. It's very word-heavy, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, it's, uh, well, can be very boring.
1: <laughs> it can. And, and so there are so many different ways that we think about the world— and uh and we we had been doing a lot of work with um uh, with genon ministries and logos yes. ministries mm-hmm. at that point and they were working with the multiple intelligences in the or, or learning skill right. uh learning styles mm-hmm. in their curricula mm-hmm. and uh so that kind of played into mm-hmm. our decision too mm-hmm. um so uh, all these different ways that we think about it so we dug into it a little bit and did a little research and found Gardner's, uh, theory and, and all the different intelligences and thought this would be, this, this could really work. So that's what we've been doing. So it's a way of getting people more engaged mm-hmm. in the preaching experience because they get, uh, they get to use more of their faculties right, uh, and right. different parts of their brain. Right. Um, it's a way of opening the door in a way that hasn't it hasn't been opened for a while maybe
0: yeah um particularly and uh, should we talk about the intelligences now or get to that? Yeah, in sure. a minute? Okay. Well, so the eight intelligences are and we have them in this order uh, on our worksheets uh, when we do them. Uh, we we have word smart, which is a verbal linguistic intelligence, which is people who are very. Uh, uh, engaged Bookish. by words just words 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 language expressing mm-hmm. yourself uh, verbally um then there's the eye smart people who are visually and spatially engaged uh this t- takes on forms of um, visual aids uh, anything you can project up on the wall banners artwork Um, engaging people's imaginations visually, uh, engaging your space, your worship space. Um, There's math. You should talk about this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, math is numbers, of course, and mathematics and that sort of thing, but also logic. And um, so programming sorts of things, engineering sorts of things. We usually put science in general here. Right. We also Um, put law. And law uh, uh, because it's of t- the, the logical right con-
0: construction uh, of it. Right, yeah. because
1: the, the logic side um, takes into account how you make an argument, mm-hmm. and uh, most people don't think of math that way. But no. uh, when you're when you get into geometry and and higher forms of math where you have to prove stuff, then mm-hmm. then it's very much about how do you get from here to there, mm-hmm. logically speaking.
0: And another thing about uh, in incorporating math or logical mathematical intelligence into your worshiping experience is it will bring uh, – sometimes you say math and people break out in hives. Right. Uh, it's really not scary, and it, it kind of approaches the whole idea of math and science and logic in a way that's very approachable. Hopefully. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have uh the body or kinesthetic way of learning which um can sometimes be a bit of a challenge because generally when I think of body smart I think of sports mm-hmm. and I think of being outside and it's not just that it's also dance it's right. anything that uses your body it's also yoga um
1: mechanics
0: mechanics medicine mm-hmm. Uh, so anything that incorporates a person's physical being uh, is is body smart. Mm-hmm. The, music smart is like word smart. It's one of the most heavily used intelligences in worship. Um, uh, some, I read last week in a commentary somewhere that to sing is to pray twice. Right. And so that's frequently why we use music in worship is to... Uh, uh, Thinking about the words that you're singing, hearing the melody, it just kind of... um,
1: There's a resonance that happens physically, I think, in in singing. uh, Our spirits resonating with the Spirit of God and such, too.
0: Right. And with one another. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're in a choir. Um, This next one nature smart or the natural intelligence, that kind of tends to be a bit of a challenge sometimes because that is definitely an outdoor uh, kind of thing. So very frequently when you engage the nature intelligence uh, people, you have to bring outdoors in. right? So bring in rocks, plants, animals, if you're a daring person, or engage their imaginations in a visual way to get them back outside, even though they're sitting in the worship space. Right. Um, you could also uh, use Nature Smart with the way you, uh, I'm going to be sort of theater here, dress the stage. Mm-hmm. So you could bring in potted plants or vines or oh, things, sure. um, yeah. uh, rocks, uh, ways that you present them up front.
1: It's also a categorization. Uh, Of things, right? Uh, So there's a
0: little bit of math smart in that too, but it's about biology. Yeah, Yeah, this is where we put biology and physiology. Well, not physiology. That's that's body smart, but biology definitely lands here in nature smart. Yeah, Um, space
1: classifications of of phenomena. Right, uh, right. tends to be the naturalist intelligence. Right, uh, the way uh, Gardner describes it,
0: and and we tend to put um, geology and astronomy here too.
1: The last two then are people smart and self-smart, and that's how you interact with people, uh, of course. The people smart one is interpersonal, so um, being aware of people's motivations and how to trigger them, how to push people's buttons, as it were. And um, how to elicit a particular response and understanding the responses that you get from people. We include most relational uh, aspects of the texts in People Smart when it's between you and me. Then Self Smart is intrapersonal. So that's the uh, internal work and understanding your own motivations and skills and gifts and limits. And uh, so we put the um, the more spiritual sorts of stuff here, prayer, uh, reflection, meditation, all those sorts of things end up uh, going in self-smart. And so by connecting folks with these different elements and ways of thinking um, that are beyond just talk, 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 talk uh, then then they get different experiences, and they can engage not only the word, but uh, carry carry that word out into the world in different ways right. that uh, they might not have been trained to do mm-hmm. from from a young age. Mm-hmm.
0: So, for example, if you're preaching on the parable of uh, or, or the story that Jesus told about the wise men and the foolish man building houses on rock and sand, mm-hmm. bring in rocks and sand. And your nature-smart people are going to go bing, 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 and they'll pay much more attention.
1: Right. And if you bring in hammer and, and nails and wood, then your body-smart people will be feeling that.
0: And probably um, your math-smart people, too, who are the engineers and are interested in construction.
1: Right. And your eye-smart people because they get to look at stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh...
0: You can sing while you're working. <laughs> <laughs>
1: whistle while you work and you get the music smart in there and by golly
0: there's a freebie for you yeah (laughs) so uh not only does this um keep your folks sitting in the pews engaged with what you're doing it keeps you engaged in what you're doing so there might be a time when you look up the lectionary's passage and you think oh this one again i did that (laughs) X, you know, and some, is, well, and yeah. the lectionary sometimes will back up on itself, right? And right. so you wind up, you, know, you uh, particularly in ordinary time, this long season of Pentecost, uh, it sometimes you you get an option for the Old Testament passage, and sometimes you think I'm going to do that one because I can't. No, I'm not doing that one. Mm. You know, so anyway, so you might look at the at the the work ahead of you and think I got nothing. So if you think of the passage or you allow yourself to think of the intelligences and how they are exhibiting themselves either in the passage or maybe reading the passage makes you think of something in one of those uh, intelligences, then you go, aha, you get a little bit of a boost of energy and you find some way of presenting the passage that's a little different from maybe what you've done before.
1: Yeah. And, and and this is where we can connect it to Pentecost for this week because right. it's it, <laughs> We
0: looked at everything we'd yeah. done and said, Oh man. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so this again. Um and and so we thought about doing the Acts passage because everybody will do the Acts passage yes. and there's so much in there that it you can really play is. with. We've got three but, years of but stuff. We've right. We've done this passage several times already, and we looked at the John passage and it's like <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff theologically, but, and we've you done know, that one before that's before too. What, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but when you think about that Pentecost story of the apostles going out and speaking the different languages to the different people, that's kind of what we're doing when we use the different intelligences, is mm-hmm. that we're engaging folks in a different language. So mm-hmm. it's a different way of thinking about your preaching and uh, sometimes limiting yourself is a way to really increase the the creative power that you get by by saying I can only do this. Um, then you have to find some creative different way exactly. other than what you usually do. So yeah. so if you say I I need to think like an I smart person
0: for this passage. for
1: this passage, what would that be like? Or to uh, to be. Uh, nature smart person Mm -hmm. what what how can I reach a nature smart person so if Mm -hmm. you just focus in on so you have to have some understanding of of how these things all work of course Mm -hmm. which hopefully we've encouraged uh, and and passed along Um, and and you can look at all the other stuff that we've got on our resource page and and Gardeners page and all mm-hmm. that stuff at our website, but anyway, once you understand how these folks think, then by giving yourself that limit, uh, you you. Translate. You force yourself to translate the text into, or your message into that other language.
0: Right, and we've been attempting to do that this last uh, year C cycle when we started an Advent back in November. We we have been limiting ourselves to one of the intelligences and looking at all of the passages for the particular week. So if you go back to yeah, the beginning of e- each of, of, of year... us gets one. <laughs> right. right. So if you go back to the beginning of year C this year and listen to our podcast, you'll. See that each of us has one specific intelligence that we are looking for in all four of the passages, and we've had some success with some of them. Others, it's kind of like, eh, this is really a stretch, but uh, you know, yeah. so it it lends itself. I um, mean, and and it really is. I mean, there have been times we have looked at. Uh, I was thinking of Easter. I was just looking mm-hmm. at what we did in Easter this last year. Um, if you limit yourself to music smart with Easter, the idea we came up for that was to have the entire story, the the passage read as though it was a musical uh, composition. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, to use instruments, actually use instruments and, and underscore the reading of the story of resurrection mm-hmm. with musical instruments. You know, start in a minor key, then build to a major key. And so, yeah, it was... That was kind of that was kind of fun. We had never yeah. thought of that before.
1: Yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. So it keeps you very much engaged in the worship task, and it also makes some very memorable experiences for people in worship, particularly <laughs> like, when we get into the fire, like, like when you use fire. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. which uh, for you know to be a responsible person practice it at home right and, and we did that one and time and almost lost the the, the curtains kitchen, in curtains, the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: so you have to practice those sorts of things when when there's any element of fire or danger in <laughs> right. general right. if there's going to um, be
0: an explosion try it at, yeah. try it someplace else safe first yes yes, yes. <laughs> um,
1: but it it does leave an impression, and and people oh, will yeah. remember that. Right? Oh so, yeah, uh, when you when you have the baptismal font burning, that <laughs> they remember that. Or, Jeez, uh, uh, We've done so many fire things. We did uh, uh, the the powdered uh, explosion. Oh right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was. what anyway, you've done these I, I've things. Done yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah.
0: did I did one fire thing once, and then discovered. After I had done it, that the church that I serve, with all of these nice wooden floors and a wooden <laughs> ceiling, does not have a fire extinguisher. Right. So I have. I, I, I have, hope
1: you've gotten that taken care of.
0: Well, I have gotten it taken care of by not using fire <laughs> anymore. <laughs>
1: anyway, um, so lots of mem- memorable experiences and getting people. Uh, sometimes for people smart, for example, we. Have people talk with each other mm-hmm. in the service, and uh, that's that's a very different experience. as well. Yes, it is. So, yeah. uh, it, it it makes worship a little bit more exciting when they when they're not sure. Right. What the rhythm is going to be. Um, What's
0: happening now? You,
1: you want to keep it within the bounds so it's not chaotic, but or uh, terrifying, or terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but uh, it adds some some challenge and some adventure and mm-hmm. risk. Uh, Which and excitement.
0: goes back to Kierkegaard's theater of of right. worship because uh, so very often we 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 look at worship as being well you know what did the preacher say today how did the choir perform today right. and not thinking about our responsibility as people with our backsides parked in the pews that we have a responsibility too so when you engage people in ways um, that pulls them out of that I'm just a spectator. Uh, mentality then you are engaging them in the theater of worship and then god is like heck yeah good job so anyway
1: let's move on and think a little bit about how we see these uh, intelligences having been used in the scriptures by jesus in the gospels and the prophets in the old testament um, and when the re- we've been doing this for the last few weeks, uh, thinking about how Jesus used those intelligences. And, and that idea actually came—and I don't think we've given them credit for it—that um, idea came from Delia Halverson and Karen Appleby's book, Creating Holy Spaces, Worship Visuals for the Revised Common Lectionary. And this came out, I think, in 2012— Mm-hmm. 2011 or 2012. I, mean, and, I think you uh, ran
0: across it. I had in come February, across it somewhere
1: and, and bought it just a, a few months ago. And um, it, it's really good stuff. It, it's uh, while we do um, the illustrations, which are verbal expressions of the intelligences and special effects that are mostly visual or, or, or hands on mm-hmm. kinds of things, uh, their book is about creating visuals um specifically so uh like molly was saying about bringing plants or rocks and things into the worship space doing that um which for us would count as a, a special effect um so in their introductory section before they get into all the different weeks uh, they they talk about um the the Myers Briggs personalities. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about the Gardner intelligences. And specifically, they, they look at how Jesus might have used those intelligences. So while we haven't been using their material directly, we have been borrowing that idea. So we'll have a link for their book uh, in the show notes so you can take a look at it, maybe uh, pick it up yourself and um, go from there. Yeah. Um,
0: well, right, and, and as you were talking about that, um, I was thinking about uh, particularly uh, Jeremiah talking about the mm. potter and the clay. Yes. So yes, he yes. he himself used an intelligence here. He right. was engaging the visual imagination of people— Vision who have seen a potter use clay, body smart body for smart. A, a, a potter actually throwing a pot and then destroying it because it had a flaw, right. um, self-smart because he's making the connection between you are the, the clay and God is the potter. Mm-hmm. And then even people a little- smart
1: too because it's the whole nation. Right,
0: right. well And for people talking, hey, did, did, do you understand this? Do you get this? And, and right. how, how does this work in your life? Um, word smart because it's a story. Mm. The only thing that's kind of absent from that is is music and uh, and and well math the logic of destroying a pot that is flawed you wouldn't fire a pot that has flaw in it because it's a stretch but okay yeah well you know it's it's I'm applying math smart to this passage, (laughs) um, but yeah yeah. Yeah, so so those are some examples of, of how uh, Jeremiah used those intelligences, whether he was aware of that or not, right. that he, these are the intelligences that I'm going to use no, to engage I'm, I'm my I'm listeners. Just, no, very likely no. not, but we can pull that out sure. and, and, and show that. And then again, you know, the example we already used about Jesus telling the story of the two different uh, foundations for building a house.
1: Right, right. Um, so any parables that happen anywhere in the scripture are going to be this kind of uh, mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. either an illustration or a special effect. Uh, Ezekiel was loaded with the different intelligences. Oh goodness, yes. And, and he would act out stories and he, you know, went about naked for three years or something, you know, that, <laughs> that a little body smart there and a little people smart and no doubt a little self-smart. Um, uh, Isaiah tended, he, he was, um, there was a lot of word smart for Isaiah Very because, much, yeah. uh, there were a lot of names that were given. Yeah. There were signs like yeah. M- Maharshalal Hashbaz and, and Emmanuel. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. <laughs> I've practiced it for years. <laughs> um, but but also nature smart. He talks about the the transformation of the desert mm, and
0: mm-hmm. um, a shoot uh, a, a right, shoot, shoot coming from, from a stump. the stump of Jesse. Yeah. And, Wonderful and those nature smart things, image. Right?
1: Yeah. Um, and for Jesus, you know, go back and listen. To, if you haven't listened to the last uh, several weeks episodes, uh, go back and and just listen at the beginning, and you can pick we're up we're what we've been talking smarts, about. Jesus. Right? Yeah. Uh, Using the different when, smarts,
0: right, and when you go to the show notes, you can see we have a timestamp, right. so you can use that as a guide to where to go in the in the podcast if you haven't already figured that out. Yeah, the yeah.
1: the smarts usually start uh, pretty early, about mm-hmm. a minute fifty eight, mm-hmm. so right around two minutes we start in, yeah, and uh, so get into that.
0: Click the timestamp, and you'll go right there. Right, mostly.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, how has oh. um using this uh, affected your own experiences?
1: Well for me, it, very much the way that we were describing that uh, it's it's a way for me to change up the sermon from week to week. you know So I, I get very aware that I get into a, a rhythm where where the flow of the sermon is the same for weeks on end. Um, and maybe that's the way it's supposed to be, but yeah <laughs> So by engaging the intelligences, at least some of the elements uh, and bringing in props and things like that, mm-hmm. it changes the dynamics um, and changes the engagement that happens with the congregation. you know, so there's a, a very different flavor, of the energy in the room mm-hmm. when you pull out a prop, yeah, and, yeah. Ooh, and come out from that? behind the pulpit, right? right. You know, uh, or when you ask people to talk to each other mm-hmm. or to do some self-reflection and write something down, mm-hmm. you know, it changes the energy. So I've had that experience, um, not only watching it happen for them, but experiencing it myself and. Mm-hmm. You know, if I go a few weeks without doing a special effect, I start to feel it uh, hmm. anymore. It's like, I'm getting dry. I need something, hmm. <laughs> you know. Interesting. So maybe it's me being an adrenaline junkie, you know, uh, <laughs> special the, effects junkie. I need my fix. Need the,
0: need the thrill of, will this work? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> What's let's, catch let's bring fire? in
1: some fire or something, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but uh, but more so, Just wanting to to have that engagement Mm -hmm. uh, for for the folks. Mm -hmm. How about you?
0: Well, I have a tendency to work on uh, the intelligences for this podcast and then go my own way. After it's over Friday, Saturday, I'm looking at the text, or I'll read a commentary and it's like, Ooh, that's a really neat idea that didn't get incorporated into the show because we worked on it a week prior. Um, so it's kind of, for me, it's been a little hit and miss. But the times that I have actually used it, I've discovered that um, what that really is demonstrating to me and to the congregation is our level of trust. Uh, between mm. each other. Mm. Uh, there was one particular time way back when we started this, when we were talking about making a straight path to the, to the, making a straight path in the desert. Right. And I got this idea of taking shoes and making a path to the communion table. The problem was I didn't think about the fact that my congregation practices intinction. And so I had left all these obstacles <laughs> for people to get through. Uh, to get to the communion table and i it, it occurred to me oh hey when i saw somebody stand up and knock one of the shoes <laughs> out of the way so that the yeah i hadn't thought that through so, um
1: yeah an opportunity there to make a make the path clear yeah yeah <laughs> yeah to... well
0: I, d- I did say something about it you know after the service was over i apologize for having you know uh presented an obstacle course so, pfft, anyway um and then there was another time when we were talking about um needing someone to call you through difficult I, it might have been i don't know if it was psalm 23 or so it was something about needing it was that blindfolding someone and then mm. having somebody walk Trust them walk through. yeah uh and and i did have somebody volunteer for that who was quite eager to do it. Um, there have been times that I've done other things and I kind of see people just sort of smile at me. <laughs> you know, here she goes again. Um, this last Sunday, uh, I used a lot of different music in my sermon, uh, which I should have timed because it went long. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, I, I, I do find that when I use it, I feel like, um, my my congregation is a lot smaller, so it's easier for me to determine if I'm testing their patience. Mm. Uh, so I I don't think I've ever had anybody you know roll their eyes. <laughs> but um yeah, so it's it, when I when I stick with what we've done as opposed to going my own way, I find that I'm engaging much more okay. with with the congregation. Hmm. And there are times I go my own way because whatever idea someone has presented in a commentary just sparks. And it's, it's not that, you know, what we did was not valuable. It's just, this has really caught my attention. Yeah. So
1: spirit leads you in a different direction. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I tend to make the, the development of the show, my ex Jesus for the week. Yeah. I
0: do that a lot of times too. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I sometimes do a lot of exegesis for the show. Yeah, um, yeah. go read a lot of commentary, which and, I'm
1: very grateful for. Yeah.
0: I just steal all your work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it, so doing this, speaking of exegesis, um, using these intelligences is exegesis. Yeah, it's it's um, you know looking at this at the particular scripture passages through a particular lens and trying to glean. Or reap uh, those particular ideas through that lens. You have some success, uh, and and if something is really, really not working, it might be a good idea just to not try it. Uh, because what, by then, what do you mean? I mean, if you're if you're trying to take a particular lens and you're trying to scope, I mean, look at the John 14 passage for mm-hmm. Pentecost this week. I don't see nature in there at all, and, and I suppose if you know you really grabbed it and you you slugged it and knocked it down, you might get something <laughs> out of it, but you're kind of tending to do a little violence to the text and you're sort of right, right, uh, yeah. you're you're doing eisegesis at that point. Yeah. So um yeah, sometimes you're not it, yeah. finding the intelligence in the passage. So there's don't a, there, force there's it. There's
1: a fine line between persistence and forcing <laughs> it, I guess. Yeah.
0: Persistence and stalking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't want to be stalking no, it. No, no, no. Yeah. So uh, we do have uh, links, or we will have links to all the Pentecost episodes in the show notes for this week. And we're also going to have links to where we've worked with John 14, uh, because obviously we're not doing it this year. (laughs) So anyway, I hope that uh, what we have talked about today gives you a little better understanding of what the intelligences are how to use them, why we've decided to use them, and how uh, it, it sort of seems to be that even if they weren't expressly using them as intelligences, the prophets and Jesus have been using them. Yeah, And we hope that it's been, if you have been using this, we hope that it's been enhancing your own experiences.
1: Right. And thank you for listening to the show uh, this week and every week that you do. Uh, it means a lot to us to know that you're out there and uh, that we might be helping you do the Lord's work in the pulpit.
0: Yep. That's it for today's podcast. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org, or at facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or tweet us at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea that you like even better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We would love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship.
1: Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS, or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store, and of course you can always share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week, so in the meantime, stay subscribed
0: and be smart. the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.
1: This is a Whippet Good Production.